So yeah, th- those those vegan restaurants that do have those like those fake burgers. I think the the oat equivalent would be you go you know, go into like an oat Apple store and like you buy an, an iPhone that looks like an iPhone, um, <laughs> but is actually just oats. <laughs> And you pay the same price and you go, I don't like this oat diet. This thing doesn't even work. It's just oats. <laughs> yeah, you just got to hook it up to a cinnamon stick to charge. Yeah. <laughs> it's bound by honey. Honestly, I thought I'd seen everything on a current chips. affair. But I think there's one story that hasn't been done in the current affair yet. I thought you were going to say that story you saw on a current affair. <laughs> Old people scammed into buying oats. They thought they were buying iPhones. It was just oats. It just gets to an old lady. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Chasing the dodgy bill down the street. Have you got anything to say for yourself? Yes, they're incredibly healthy and they're dairy-free. <laughs> I've seen videos on YouTube where people are about to go bungee jumping and then just as they lean back, they go, wait, sorry, no, no, no. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. You know. Oh, my head would explode if that happened. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I like to do that um, just when mates when mates make uh, big life decisions. Like just after they propose to their their girlfriend, you, you bring up and go, no, mate, she's a cheater, star. Ah. No, just 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 when they accept their new job. No, sorry, ah. it's only hammer and tongs at Friday afternoon drinks. <laughs> I just want to say a little side spiel about the foreign interference in Australia's elections now there's been a lot of talk about the chinese influencing elections the russians hacking and influencing elections with fake news but no one's said anything about the polls that's right polish people apparently misleading the public about which political parties are the most popular see these sneaky polls that we've led into our country um, have been absolutely taking us for a ride, telling us for months up to the election that Labor were going to win and then so we all go, oh, maybe we'll just vote for Liberal just to balance things out, make it a close one. You know, everyone likes a photo finish. Good one for the punters, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, these polls taking us for a ride. Do not trust a poll. I cannot believe that... Um, the news, the news haven't said uh, so much about these Polish people influencing our elections. Now, if you if you've done half as much online shopping as me lately, then your your nimble loan would be half as half as big as mine. I want to put out a really powerful message to you guys tonight. I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to hold their hand and look them in the eye and say this. When you die, I'll say nice things about you then. But until then, you're a complete flog and let go of my hand. Enjoying your meal? I must say the the wings are cooked perfectly. I found the pear a bit crunchy. I was just wondering where the bathroom was. Ooh, toilet. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Ooh, toilet. I, I really must go. Ooh, toilet is... Down the hall, left at the screaming child, when you reach the Archibald Prize-winning portrait of Guy Fieri, take a right, and then it should be there right after the show. You can't miss it. Uh, after the show? Yes, you can't miss it. Uh, after what show? Uh, I really must go. Why? It's after... Odds of Counter
Hello. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you very kindly for the warm reception. We are graced with the presence of our long-time collaborator, five-time US election meddler and one-time <laughs> arsonist. Sean Erickson, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Harry. Thanks for having me back once again. If I said it wasn't a pleasure, I would be telling the truth. Um, incredibly flatulent guest, but it's good to have you here. Yep. Back again. I'm the sort of filler that uh, Harry drags out when he isn't prepared. You're like the the girl whose name starts with Z. When I, when I go through my phone contacts at three uh, thirty in the morning on a, on a Sunday. Hmm. Yeah. Well, when Zara hasn't <laughs> when Zara hasn't picked up. <laughs> well, it's kind of. <laughs> You know, when, you, when your only friend is Harry Lee, you prefer to drink alone. Aha, uh-huh. so I am your only friend. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm also the only one who keeps coming back here, aren't I? <laughs> I, should, I should ask for lifts more often. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for weeks on end. And then I developed a habit of pulling down people's pants. I became a bit of a, um, a dacking bandit at the local preschool and down in Borkham Hills and then uh, Sydney. And then one day, because I just would not learn my lesson... One, one lady got me up in front of the whole class and pulled down my trousers. <laughs> and I got to tell you, my mum was very upset about this and she still gets angry and clenches her fists at the dinner table um, when, when she retells this story about how this lady pulled down my trousers in front of a whole class of students. Um, but I got to tell you, Sean, I never pulled down another kid's trousers again. Yeah. Well, this is, must be where you um, learn the habit of pulling your own trousers down and exposing yourself to people. <laughs> They sort of, she got you to change tracks at least. You know, the habit didn't die, it just changed targets. And uh, to, 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 the, um, to the misfortune of many of Brisbane's young women. Unfortunately, not enough of them, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Why do we expect someone who's, you know, good at making music to not be a racist? You know, they may be good at making music, but they're not good at not being racists. And we shouldn't hold them to that standard. And do they cancel each other out? Do we say this person's a bad person? Or do we just say, look, well, he, the me at home who's uh, completely tolerant of all races and ethnicities, but I'm just sitting here eating Cheetos, maybe I'm just as good as someone who went out and made platinum-selling albums and happened to be racist, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just come out even. As long as it all balances out when you, get, when, you, when you meet St. <laughs> Peter at the gates, yeah. um, when you go to check the green bags in the back of the, the boot and you forget to put the handbrake on. See, the thing about that green bag story is that I didn't find it that funny. I was expecting to find it funny um, because when you said that she was a victim, the first victim of the green bags, I was expecting it to, you know, f- jump up in the car out of the motion of the car when they go around a turn or something and, like, tie itself around her face <laughs> for her to, like, smother or, or crash because the green bag has, like... <laughs> oh, we were turning a corner sharply and a green bag wrapped around her head and tied itself and I happened to be a Ukrainian mobster and you would not believe what happened and I had two of my <laughs> friends in the back who were also Ukrainian mobsters and you would not believe this, the 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 green bag just wrapped itself around her head. <laughs> the, cli- the perfect crime, really. Yes. The perfect crime. That's not actually the perfect murder, though, Sean. The Perfect Murder is actually a 1998 film um, starring Michael Douglas and Gwyneth Paltrow, um, rated 6.5 on IMDb and 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, A Perfect Murder. I actually remember seeing that as a child. Perfect Murder, but obviously not a perfect film. Well, obviously not a perfect murder in the film as well. Otherwise, there'd be no plot conflict, wouldn't it? You'd go for half an hour. Yep, he killed her and got away with it. I, I like the opposite. You know, some people say, oh, you're only as fast as your slowest person. Yeah. Um... 
sometimes I just go bushwalking with you know quite overweight people, and I I turn around and yell because I'm about you know about 150 meters away. I say you're only as slow as your fastest person, and then I take off. Um, <laughs> carrying our only water supply in the backpack. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Sean, yep. uh, you're looking at me in a very seductive manner and I'll ask you, eyes up here, please, not <laughs> at my nipples. Um, well, you got to start telling them, it's like, oh, I just bought this new jacket and it's this brand made out of this material. I'd like to actually rudely interrupt you with um, another episode of, of um, underappreciated uh, Tinder messages. I think we have a theme for this one. So I messaged this girl, but her name was Catherine. And uh, Catherine actually um, very boldly took the lead here. She said, Hey Harry, how was your Monday? I said, If it was any better, it would be illegal. And she said, that's the best thing I've ever heard about a Monday in a while. What made the Monday so good? I said, well, for a start, the most incredible woman in the world messaged me. Yeah. Ellipses, my mum. And then a girl called Catherine messaged me. And, and then I said, well, may I ask how your Tuesday is going? Um, and she said, ha, 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 ha. All right. She said, yeah, pretty standard Tuesday. About to go to a new gym class. I said, how may I ask... Is it a standard Tuesday if you're going to a new gym class? <laughs> do you go, do you change gym classes every <laughs> Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. And that's where that conversation ended. Right. Well, um, I can't understand why. Just a standard Tuesday, changing gym classes. I mean, if there's one thing that women like, it's being corrected on, you know, semantical points. That's their favorite. <laughs> Hey, 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 man, over here. What you got, what you got, what you got? I got a pirated bootleg of the last a decanter of banter episode. Which one? Which episode you got? I got the first two seasons. This the third season. This the one where he defames George Columbaris so bad that George Columbaris storms the studio and glasses him. There is also an unfortunate sharting incident. Okay, okay, I'm good for the money. Just put it here in my C-Demon, and let's test how it sounds. Goodness gracious! Jolly good show! Pun intended, it will be a jolly good show. We are joined with a very special guest. He was uh, famously our very first guest, and he's actually witnessed the slow decline of the show over the years. It's Mitch Reynolds. It's crumbling, this show, without me, mate. Hey, look, I can say it, mate. <laughs> it's not like I can come in and go, oh, my mum is so annoying. Yeah, she is. No, you can't say that. She's my mum, yeah. and this is my show. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's great. It's an honour to have you on the show. Mitch Reynolds, architect, rugby player, co-author of the book, Bikram Yoga at Work. Why you should tell your boss to get stuff when he says he can't do it. <laughs> That was a journey writing that. Yes. You are a bit of a yoga man. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a yoga man? No. <laughs> Is it only possible to be a yoga woman? Is that what you're saying? Oh, hey, I don't know that. That's not what I said. <laughs> oh, but I'm on the air saying that. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's all right. It's not live. It's pre recorded. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> well, fuck it. <'em. laughs> you have not uh, come into the studio empty handed today. You have a two song uh, playlist today. Uh, yes, is, to do. Which is quite good. Yeah. Is, that, is the song of any particular um, personal significance? 
Um, no, not really. I've just sort of heard it playing around the, the airwaves a few times. It's on the top of a, a couple of my Spotify playlists. So oh, on your annual countdowns. <laughs> it's on my New Year's resolution where I said I'd quit food. Right. Still, eat, still eating food, but still listening to Whitney as well, which is good. That's good. Um, next thing to do is curb your crippling music addiction. <laughs> now, the reason why I make all these inquiries is I'm just trying to figure out why you've um, brought in a playlist that features no female artists. I know it's only one song. It's a one-song playlist, but the distinct lack of females is quite disturbing. Well, I gave up food last year, and I'll, <laughs> I'll bring back females <laughs> next year. Um Luckily, here at, at the Decanter of Banter, we, we recently installed um, a sexist button. So when at times like... Sexist! <laughs> so when someone does something that's sexist. So, uh, Mitch, uh, what, what songs on your playlist today? Uh, no Woman by Whitney. Sexist! <laughs> sexist! Oh, one more time for the people at home. Sexist! It's our new button. Um... See, There's red lights flashing. <laughs> Look, <laughs> play it again. The the room goes all red. <laughs> the walls start closing in. <laughs> Name a female artist. Name a female artist. <laughs> <Lindy on. laughs> uh, see, look, it's not the it's not the two thousands anymore, Mitch. We we have quotas now. We have to play female music. All right. It's not the two thousands. What do Madonna, Rihanna, and Shania Twain all have in common? <laughs> I don't know. All actually men <laughs> posing as women. Whoa. Yeah, it's a, it's a 2010s now. We have to play. So that's the great thing about quotas is that we have to do our due diligence and find out if they're actually men. <laughs> All right, lift the skirt. Let's see. Nope, that is a penis. Nice try, Graham. <laughs> Rihanna <laughs> Richard more like it. <laughs> yes. You are not getting played on community radio, Rihanna, um, until you have that thing surgically removed. <laughs> <laughs> You had a life-changing experience uh, two weekends ago. What did you go and do? I did. I did. No, it was good. Me and um, me and our good friend Cameron, uh, we went tumbling through the sky with our mate uh, Will Morley. We went skydiving. Skydiving. Um, and was it everything that you thought it would be? It was actually, I was a little bit nervous leading up to it. wasn't as nervous as I thought I'd be, surprisingly, but... It was one of those bucklers things. Our good friend Will Morley, he's been, I think he's done almost 180 jumps now, he was saying. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's his hobby. Oh, he loves it. He, he won up all of us. He's yeah. like, what are your hobbies? Uh, we like soccer. Ah, oh, I like skydiving. <laughs> I'll just go cross-stitch in the corner while you fucking jump out of planes. <laughs> Pops his head into the model train exhibition. What are you guys up to? That's your hobby. <laughs> Look at me on a parachute. <laughs> Suckers. I'm crazy. <laughs> Model train, <laughs> fucking choo choo, motherfuckers. Yeah, well, that, that was a, actually a model train exhibition on on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too busy being sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, look, it was amazing. It was unreal. I recommend it to anyone. It's absolute sensory overload. So you almost don't have time to be scared, and you just fly like, oh, I'm, oh, it was unreal. Like you're sitting in the plane. Yes. And old mate's there. He's um he's sitting behind me and he was real safe about it. He's doing all heaps of safety checks and blah blah blah. This is the guy who's attached to you who you're gonna be jumping with. Attached to me and he kept he kept fucking reaching around and I was strapped in tight as a tiger. Right. And you don't have a choice because he just scooches you along. He just he sort of like pale thrusts you a few times and you scooch down this little bench. Right. Out comes the the sliding door goes. Yeah. It's cold. There's air everywhere, and they're just literally running and jumping out the plane and you're sitting there sweating bullets because how, how far down the line were you 
How many people were jumping it for I you? Not, I was the last one. I was you watched everyone jump. So I think <laughs> 14 or 15 people and yes. I'm already sweating. Didn't yeah. say a single word, I don't think, the fucking whole way up. And then, yeah, everyone's just flying out of this plane and you're just watching one by one and you just see their body, their little silhouette sort of jump out and, and they're just gone. <laughs> wow. And you're like... And you... Uh, shove up. And and get that banana yeah. peel right up yeah. in <laughs> about 14 million times Tamagotchi yep yep <laughs> on the way down but yeah so like you're screaming down and then like boom the parachute comes out and then it's just quiet and you're yeah. floating through and that's when quiet. quiet and that's when the guy leaned in and whispered are you gonna vote for one nation <laughs> Tell me you're going to vote for One Nation or I'm not going to let this thing go. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me now or else I'm unhitching. I'm unhitching. They're a funny bunch, those sky lovers, aren't they? <laughs> so do, do, they, do they play any pranks? Or like you and you're about to fall out of the plane and they go, wait, no, sorry, wait. <laughs> there was actually one where it was like, so there's about 14 guys. I think it was 14 was the number, but there's a cramped yeah. amount of people in the plane and they're like, all right, final checks, final checks. Still sweating, meanwhile, I yeah. am. And there's, the bloke's like inspecting the guy's pack in front of me and he as he's like looking at the guy's backpack in front of me he looks up at me and goes oh fuck does that look right bro and I went oh no yeah anyway so I, I imagine after such a rush as skydiving would be and obviously like our mate Morley he's done 180 times and there are people who've done it thousands of times there must be a bit of an addiction associated to that that rush alright um do you do you find things that you used to find exciting not so? I mean, I mean, w when your girlfriend makes her famous fritters and you sit there and eat quietly eat them, and she goes, "You used to get so excited about my fritters." Does <laughs> that happen? My fritters, <laughs> <laughs> my famous fritters. <laughs> yeah, I find everything very dull now that I've now that I've been diving. <laughs> you gotta you gotta be a diver, dude. You wouldn't understand, dude. <laughs> I got a t-shirt and a magazine. Dude. I got a t-shirt and a magazine subscription, dude. So, when when you when there's something you need to do but you're not sure if you want to go, you just tell people you're going, and then it's like, oh, I have to go now. Like it, instead of buying the voucher, you could have just like made a Facebook status saying, "I'm going skydiving <laughs> in April." And then thinking about skydiving, does anyone know any good places? <laughs> Feeling excited. <laughs> Just like, that's like when people say like, hey, I'm going to be in, I'm going to do a round the world trip uh, in, in two months time. Does anybody know any good places to go? <laughs> it's like, we know you're going overseas. It's called the internet. It's called Google. <laughs> hey, I'm in Bali. No, this, this is the worst one I've ever seen. I swear to God this happened. <laughs> hey guys, in Bali, anyone know of a good masseuse? <laughs> really? <laughs> hey guys, I'm hot air balloon skiing in the Swiss Alps. Does anyone know any good places to get any coffee? Zimmel Piccolo would be great to get over here. <laughs> <laughs> Me posting a status in the flying cock. Hey guys, just pull the really fit bird. Anyone know a good place to buy condoms? <laughs> Sexist. <laughs> what I'm trying to say, kids, is that there is no hell, and you'll get to the gates, and St. Peter will say, You did terrible things. But let's hear your side of the story. And uh, you can always sort of understand. Minds will differ on certain things. The whole thing is. I think that Australia is obviously in a very good state uh, of affairs at the moment if the issue that's dividing us all is veganism, whereas in Venezuela they're writing in the streets about whether you know, their unelected leader actually has legitimate control of the military, you know. Uh, and we're going, hey, did, did that chicken get, get taken for walks before we ate it? <laughs> Was it allowed free reign in your backyard? We're going to riot! <laughs> you know, I think it just shows how well off we are, which is good stuff. So thank you. 
vegans. And uh, but the thing is about so the, the vegans are out there. They're going die farmers, and the farmers are going die vegans, and all sort of chill out, relaxed, just meat eating people are going die cows, chickens, <laughs> and pigs. Get on my plate. Yes. Do you think it would have helped better if you named the chickens? Like if each of your chickens had names. So like on a packet of eggs, it had like Tim and you're eating Tim. I think it'd be very helpful to know that. Mm. And then it would personalize the animal and then you'd realize what you were doing. Murdering animals. Murder. <laughs> or like little faces drawn on the eggs. I think it would help if you if That's we went. That's kind of sadistic. No, 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 no. I think it's actually beautiful. I write dark poetry. About eating eggs in the morning. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think what they should do is they should get um, fake blood or the blood of farmers, even better, and just smear it on meat products. And so every time you buy it from the shopping centre, you have to get blood all over your lovely little white dress. <laughs> Take that, you, you capitalist pigs! <laughs> you meat eaters. I um. It's funny because. I kind of agree with vegans in the sense that I'm a dairy-free guy. I don't yeah, eat dairy. You're an oat guy. I'm an oat. I'm. I eat oat milk. They're working on oat cheese. I'm. Uh, uh, oat subscribe cheese. as soon as they let me know the oat you cheese. Got the newsletter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The oat newsletter. <laughs> Very oat exciting. <laughs> they tell I'll make it work. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm sitting here with a rotting meat patty and a couple of bread rolls, going, please. <laughs> and they send you demo discs each week. <laughs> They, mate, they're putting samples in my letterbox every weekend. Yeah. All right. This oat lettuce, try it now for free. Tastes like shit. <laughs> Wait till next month. Oat rock melon. Let's no. give it a go. <laughs> what was wrong with actual rock melon? <laughs> it's still healthy and natural. <laughs> oats are the way. It was never about veganism. It was just, they just really liked oats. Try this oat hot sauce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can I just get oat oats? Oh, check it out! It's an oat laptop. <laughs> Doesn't work, but tastes like oats. <laughs> it was never about saving the animals. You just really liked oats. Hey, get back here! I'm talking to you. Oh, shit, I'm gonna get in. Where to go? Follow the oats. Follow the oats. <laughs> the trail of oat crumbs. Oh man! What a superhero! What would he wear? <laughs> would he wear a cape? Nothing but oats. <laughs> Just like the, pants. <laughs> like a really undersupplied um, Adam and Eve. Just got a little oat on his willy. <laughs> Covering all of his manhood. <laughs> do, do these oats come in bigger sizes? <laughs> it's like his worst enemy's milk. <laughs> Just drowns them in. <laughs> Makes them more edible. Oh. My kryptonite. <laughs> Dairy. <laughs> Dairy. Yes. Well... Uh, so when, when the vegans and they march in the street and they say, no more dairy, I'll be like, yeah. I go, no more meat. I'll be like, hey, hold up. <laughs> now, wait a minute. <laughs> I, Subscribe uh, to a weekly edition of Oat Weekly here <laughs> at Fortunes. <laughs> you find out about all the new great oat products coming out every week. <laughs> so, you got a bowl of oats for me? Or? No, let's talk about oats. It's making me incredibly hungry for <laughs> an oat laptop. <laughs> oh, that sounded pretty good to me. <laughs> This is an endorsement. Yeah, hey, it's it's a little bit like when you go to those vegan places and and it's like this is a hamburger and it's like oh it, that's just soy that looks like mince and you know, it tastes like a hamburger but you wouldn't believe it's not hamburger. Would it be the equivalent of if you go to a vegan restaurant and they say uh-huh. this is a meat free vegan burger and like yeah. I've had them and look they taste some taste really great and sometimes do yes I agree. not denying that but is that the same as saying if you go to a vegan restaurant and eat a vegan burger is that the same as not going out. At a, at a night out as a single person and meeting a girl and just staying at home and having sex with a sex doll. Is that the same as doing that? 
I understand what you're saying and I've never heard anything more rational. I once got roasted by my sister. Um, it was my birthday, like maybe four or five years ago. And she loves baking. And she was like, what do you want me to bake? What kind of cake? And I was like, a healthy cake. She paused and said, okay. I come down to Sydney for my You're birthday, weirdo. slice into the cake. And I go, Christ, it's very crunchy. It must be a bit burnt. <laughs> it was a watermelon <laughs> with icing on it. Oh, well played. That's what my family said. <laughs> it was my birthday. They're all around me going, ah! <laughs> First, no presents. Now, this. <laughs> tonight. On today, tonight. On oats, tonight. Oh, is it tonight on today, tonight? Today on today, tonight? Tonight on today. When on today, tonight? This morning on today. Make up your mind. Is it today, tonight? Tomorrow on today, tonight. I need to know. Next week, but this month, but tomorrow on today's tonight. What are we? <laughs> I, I found that the, the issue was with milk is that it, I think it creates testosterone. testosterone and mm. when I was drinking milk, I was getting too horny and... And I was like, I need to stop drinking this milk before I rape a cat. I, 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 enough is enough. I'm, I'm drinking oat milk. And I also found that because there were increased testosterone levels with, with my dairy intake, I noticed that I was becoming quite aggressive. People were saying, Harry, if you keep drinking that much milk, you're going to get aggressive. And I simply replied, shut the hell up. That's preposterous. And cracked him right over the skull. So me and my cat, we got the hell out of yeah. here. <laughs> right off into the sunset. Um, yeah, so that's my reason. That's my testimony. <laughs> anyway, so then you have a castaway. Just, oh, you come back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, imagine being Wilson on castaway. Because at the end of the castaway, he gets saved, doesn't he? Yeah, but then he goes back to his wife. He's like, honey, I'm home and I'm horny. Oh. oh. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> my best friend. <laughs> Imagine being Wilson in that situation, though. You'd be sitting on that island going, wait, where'd Tom Hanks go? Yeah, did Tom Hanks feel like a bit of a schmuck for, for leaving? Hey, yeah. you actually had a real friend yeah. um, who listened to all your <laughs> issues. Problems. And then you go back to your wife, who's got a new man. Selfish. I sucked in, Tom. <laughs> Hashtag guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> Eat, <laughs> Eat fake meat and fuck sex dolls. Absolutely. That's Tom Hanks. Um, I'd like to call around here. A date idea of the week. It's our favourite segment. It's where people, good mates, get together in an airtight room, sound room, while incredibly flatulent, where no one can hear them or get access to them, and share stories about dates. (laughs) So, Mitch, you got the conch, mate. What is your date idea of the week? For the people of South East Queensland, they're out there, they don't know what date to do. They love a girl. They don't know how to treat her right. They just keep calling her on the phone and abusing her. And she says, look, I'm at work and you know I'm married. What's the issue? You just say, uh, let's, go to, let's go to Holy Moly. Holy know. Moly? Yeah, sure. Like a bit of putt-putt, a bit of a laugh. Have a couple, you know, a couple drinks. Scurry around a bottle of wine with you. You tuck two glasses of wine under your shoulder yes. and the bucket under the other. <laughs> and yet, tuck it in under par for three shots with your teeth. That is so romantic. 
<laughs> and then you say to her, <laughs> you're trying to hold the golf club in your teeth. You obviously don't say anything romantic until after you've had the two bottles of wine. Of course. Until you've got the courage and then you go, baby, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Babe, I hit my ball off the top floor. Can you go down and get it? <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I I've know. never been before. Really? Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Look, I don't know. Put me on the spot. I guess it's a. It'd be. Nah, it'd be. It's a good date. Great spot. I tell you what. If the government banned first dates, I think that the putt putt industry would go completely bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know when they say see you again soon, they just know they're never going to see him again. Yeah. Have a great night. We'll see you next time. Uh, no. Like what Rose said to Jack on, at the end of Titanic when he was like, "Hey, can I get on the? Can I get on the the door too? See you soon." <laughs> Bing. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> The uncut scenes. She actually taunts him. Hey, come on, get up here. I'm trying. Just move. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Stutter. <laughs> you cold or something. <laughs> Today, Junior. <laughs> How about yourself? Any date Any date spots? What do you reckon? Date spots. <clears throat> I actually... Um, date ideas. I read a book all about this, all about this stuff. Yeah. And what, there was this one chapter that was all about if you share like an, an anxious, anxiety-inducing experience. For example, if you walked across a rickety old bridge over a valley, over a gorge with a lady, that would actually bring you closer together. Right. You would become closer and potentially like, yeah. fall in love. You go through hardships. Scary. You, know, you share experiences, yeah. But what if you could artificially create that anxiety-inducing experience? What if you could just simply take them to see a horror film? Hey, there you go. Yeah. So I did this. I said, hey, baby, um, let's have dinner and see a movie. And she said, well, I've got a couple of assignments, uh, uni assignments due at midnight that night, but they should be done. It sounds good. And this is like two days beforehand. And I was like, uh, midnight that night. Wow. And I was like, are you yeah. sure? Commitment. Yeah. And I would have otherwise said, look, we'll just do it the next day. But I knew I was busy for the next week. So it had to be that night it or it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So I just said, look, if you don't get them done, just let me know. And... Um, she took a while to reply to that one. Ooh. And, uh, you know, dinner was going to be at 7.30. I got a message at 7 saying, look, dinner is not on, but I'll, I'll see you at the film. The film was starting at 9.30. There you go. Um, what film are we talking? It was uh, um, Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that, but I've heard it's good. I heard it's a bit, a bit bloody scary. Yep. Uh, New Farm Cinema. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The only two people in the theatre. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? Nine thirty recently. Nine thirty at night. The only two people in the cinema, and I'm happy to announce that I am now a father um, <laughs> of a beautiful young boy. <laughs> we named him Cemetery <laughs> with an S. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, no. So, all right. So that's what happens, and so no, no, no. His name's Tom. <laughs> that's not Cemetery. Named after my favourite actor. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. We get there. <laughs> yeah. And I say, good to see you. How'd the assignments go? Oh, <laughs> oh no. I haven't submitted them yet. Oh, I was no. like, what's going on? He's like, oh, I couldn't submit it. It just wasn't working. But good news is I got my housemate to do it and she's doing it and everything will be fine. And as we're walking into the cinema, she gets a message. Oh, no. My housemate doesn't know how to do it. She's going to bed. And I was like, oh, well, you know, this is an assignment. You know, you can go home and finish it off. She's like, oh, it'll be all right. I'll just figure it out here. And so she was, <laughs> uh, I reckon, and, and, this, and this is like being very generous. Um, I reckon 40% of the film 
she was on her phone trying to figure out how to submit this assignment and <laughs> she was getting all these messages from her from her group assignment members going oh, no. hey what's going on is it submitted hey what's the issue and then she's typing out a, a, an email to a course coordinator and i'm sitting there trying to watch this movie going ah oh my god <laughs> Shit. and she's there going oh my god what's my email for my tutor uh, it was uh, and then afterwards the, the thing wasn't submitted that so afterwards she was like i got a jet i got to run and i was like understandable um it was a pretty bad day <laughs> have you talked to her since um yeah, only uh, only to say I think you still have my <laughs> my wallet, and she hasn't replied. <laughs> she duped you. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing: if you think you have too much money and it's weighing you down, like your wallet's too full, and it's like ah, my pants keep falling down, my wallet's too heavy. Um, date a lady. <laughs> Works for them. Yeah, <laughs> take them to scary movies. To be fair, and I'll, I'll be so fair to women, but they do actually try and stop you there's something within me that goes I'm paying she was in a tight spot she was in a very tight spot she was in a very tight spot I was kind of flattered <laughs> that she showed up at all yeah that's good effort oh I, if I had two assignments to at midnight I would not yeah holy moly it, I'd be like oh to my mate oh can you just, <laughs> just I'm sorry about who would accept that responsibility <laughs> oh, I just gotta go to the movies can you speak my assignments <laughs> for me no I cannot at 9.30 at night on a, it was a Sunday oh. um, at 9.30 at night going yeah submit my assignment it's only worth 40% anyway see ya I gotta go <laughs> um, well she didn't try very hard it was like it was like 10 minutes later like can't do it go to bed <laughs> yeah thanks yeah, I'm, and it's, yeah, it was a, it was a housemate, so I'm not even sure if they were you know you can be housemates and not really know each other very well. What if it, what if you just moved into like a bloody boarding house and you, and Derek, the forty year old um, thinning hair guy next door, groundskeeper, he's <laughs> 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 my assignment. What's your phone? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> just email me the phone. What room number are you? <laughs> just submit it, you dirty old fool. <laughs> just send me a download link. I'm attractive. Do what I say. <laughs> she was attractive. <laughs> but disorganize. Very. Submit that assignment first. I'm mm. just some guy. Look, I'm just some guy. Hey, you're not some guy. You're the guy. Thanks, Mitch. Who deserves <laughs> to have someone go to the movies after they submit their assignments? Yeah, I think this is, this is a message to women out there. I mean, like, if she'd said, can't do it, maybe some other time. It's not like I would have been like, nope, you done it. Never again. <laughs> you you crossed me. You miss you <laughs> once you cross the lead. <laughs> One guy trumps two assignments. <laughs> you crossed me. <laughs> I would have been like, yep, tell me when. <laughs> Go hot. When? <laughs> 2 a.m. Tuesday, I'll be there. Go hot. <laughs> Did I mention I'll be there? <laughs> That's what would have happened. <laughs> yeah. So she could have just done them. So it was a blessing in disguise on your part. I think in a way. She still thinks you're normal. It just, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the illusion continues. It's only a matter of time. A big part of that is that she has no idea to have a radio show. Oh, yeah. really? There you go. Otherwise, um, <laughs> <laughs> she's tuning in driving. Waking up early to submit that, <laughs> that overdue <laughs> assignment. <laughs> I'll just turn on the radio. I don't submit assignments on time often, but when I do, I make sure to listen to Fortable Z. <laughs> Three, two, wow. What an event. Let's go. On Fortable Z at a canter of banter, we are blessed with the presence um, of Nick Sowersby, a.k.a. Sunbeam Sound Machine. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? 
Very well, thanks. How are you going? I'm good. Um, How are you? Well, thanks. How are you going? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't have <laughs> I've got my questions written down somewhere. Uh, I think this... Hi. Um, why don't you love me and what do I have to do to make you proud? Oh, sorry, that one's for my father. This is a different sheet. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Nick, we're, you're on The Cantor of Banter. This is the show that has launched many careers, including the defamation lawyer for George Columbaris, the defamation lawyer for Roger Federer, and also Manu Fidel's uh, defamation lawyer. But uh, I am here to talk about your new album, which is uh, a great listen front to back. Um, first question, five years since the debut album Wanderer in 2014, what have you been up to? Uh, recording, mainly. Um, but yeah, I guess we, we, we toured that one for about a year and then I had a false start on an album and then uh, this one just kind of took its time to show itself. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist without a vision in mind so it takes a while to finally feel like it's good enough to put out but I don't sort of like work to a, any sort of end goal that I have in mind before it's finished. I like to just feel my way through but... right. I guess a perfectionist and that I have to be really, really happy with something before I'll put it out. I don't want to uh, sound like I'm giving you a wristy live on air, but that is the mark of a true visionary when, uh, when, uh, when they know uh, what uh, is worth putting out and, and, um, and saying, well, look, I've, I've started something, but it's not good enough and we're going to start again. Oh, well, that's good. I guess uh, as, long as, as long as other people find it worthwhile listening to as well. Um, oh, excellent. Do you prefer Nick or Sunbeam Sound Machine? Uh, I prefer Nick. All right. Um, <laughs> Conversationally. <laughs> that's Sunbeam Sound Machine to you, Buster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, now, I, I, I did buy your record from an independent record shop, and it said that uh, uh, only for in- indie record shops they were getting a baby blue vinyl. What was the impetus of uh, only allowing indie record shops to have this particular product? That was that wasn't my idea, but I like that idea. <laughs> That's the first I've heard of it, actually. Right, <laughs> right. Because I, yeah. I, I went to an independent bottle shop the other day, and there was a man yeah. behind the counter with a fringe that covered his eyes, and I said, mm-hmm. um, "Got any good specials today?" And he said, Bleh. "And I said, sorry, pardon me." He said, "I don't know, check." <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Turned out there weren't any specials. That's why he mumbled it. Um, so, <laughs> like, if you ask Bill Shorten, "Hey, what happened on election day?" <laughs> Bill, no, what happened on election? I don't know. Check. Still support the Indies anyway. I reckon. I tend to agree. Keep them, keep them surly. Keep them in business. So the, the record, it, it, it sounds, um, it's quite cozy sounding. It's, it's warm and uh, and uh, it, it, it's it is it recorded in a, a, in a bedroom sort of environment. It, um, how did you go about making uh, that sound? It was recorded in a in a garage, right? Environment, which was fairly cozy. So I'm glad that comes across. That's sort of sort of what I was going for. While, while we're on the topic of talking about how good the album is, I mean, do you believe in being humble? I mean, if 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 you ask Roger Federer, "Hey, mate, you're any good at tennis?" He should naturally reply, "Yeah, mate, I'm I'm really good." And you couldn't say, "Oh." Um, don't be a dick, Roger. He's just, I mean, that, that's a scientific Correct. fact, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to hear you say on the record that the album is really good. I'll say it's good, but I won't say it's really good. 
Right. I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> <All right. laughs> How about that? Right. I like it. You I still get your supper. Much, but I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't expect that anybody else will. But I like it. I'm happy with it. Um, do you believe in the <laughs> in the mood altering power of music? Yes, I do. Do you believe in the uh, breast altering power of soy milk? I've heard about it. But back to the music, though. Uh, do Do you think that Sunbeam Sound Machine's new album has the capacity to alter one's mood? Um, yeah, I mean, I think any music does. Do you think that people should avoid listening to angry music? Um, it depends what kind of angry. Let's say some... Rage Against the Machine. No, I don't think people should avoid listening to that. Is it, is it because there's a that's, political that's, uh, That side feels to it? like a useful, angry energy. Right. Yeah. If it's just a bit more whingy, then it's not very helpful. Gangster rap. They're always whinging about, oh, we have to live in public housing. You know? Yeah. That's, that's worth whinging about. <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> Even saying whinging doesn't feel quite right. We've been oppressed for generations. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that for sure. Um, as the great Harmony Kareen once said, um, he, he was a, he's famously actually banned from um, The Late Show. Um, he, was caught, he was caught going through so Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, He was yeah. caught backstage going through her purse. <laughs> Really? Um, yeah, back in the 90s. Oh. And um, yeah, Harmony Cream. But what he did say, he, and this will balance out the whole um, thieving thing, he said, because he, he'd written a book, and they said, How's the book? Should, you, should people read it? And he said, mm, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say they should read it. And they were like, Whoa, 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 you're on the late show, man. People are p- pulling some strings to have you here promote your book. And he said, and I quote, I'd rather promote someone else's book. I like that quote. And isn't that... I feel like there, there's some veracity to that. It's, but it's, it's always nice when you can rely on someone else to promote. Because like, at the end of the day, if we achieve something in life, we kind of want people to know about it, but we don't want to tell them ourselves. Yeah. I'd much rather promote somebody else's album. Which album do you want to promote? Good question. I'll have to get back to you. <laughs> what, what, what? I'll have to listen to some more albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 do you, what music do you feel influenced um, the, the latest album? Goodness gracious. Um, there's a, a band called Talk Talk from the 80s that really influenced this album. Right. Um, I wouldn't say it sounds a lot like them, but they really influenced the making of it. The, speaking Years of later, Talk Talk, they, they, their, their classic album, Spirit of Eden, I believe they yeah, recorded that's the one it. I, that influenced me the most. It, it, they recorded in darkness, I believe. Yeah, with just like 60s oil lights oil lamps projecting on the walls for two years. They, they took two years. <laughs> Nick Sowersby. Is that in, in, any relation to Brian? That's my grandpa. Uh, you're a good man. Thank you very much for, for joining us and I look forward to the third album in 2024. Lovely. <laughs> I'll get to work now. <laughs> you're a good man, Nick. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Catch you later. See you later. People who are talking to each other with English as a second language are like developing their own um, English. Apparently, there are, you know, sort of like different grammatical rules developing in 
um, like India, for example. I haven't had first-hand exposure to this, but there is like a... Have a, you heard of the Indian judges who have... Yes, they've invented their own inflection of English. Yeah. And they, they, they try really hard to write in such a complicated and prosaic way that people can't actually interpret the judgments. Right. And, no. and, and uh, they... It, it's... It, they actually... In, it's called like Indian legalese. Yes, uh, yeah. an, an English professor in Britain needed to be hired to interpret this, in, this Indian uh, court judgment. Mm. Um, <laughs> but here's a passage. The summum bonum of the aforesaid discussion is that all the aforesaid material, which existed before the learned executing court standing slighted besides their impact standing untenably undermined by him, <laughs> whereupon the ensuing sequel therefrom is of the learned executing court while pronouncing its impugned rendition overlooking the relevant and germane evidence besides its not appreciating its worth. Consequently, the order impugned suffers from a gross absurdity and perversity of misappreciation of material on record. Yeah. Yeah, I gave up. Uh, the first, like, ten words, I was thinking, oh, you know, this isn't that bad. And then once they got into the standing part, I, I lost track. These sentences are wild. <laughs> the fullest succour from the aforesaid acquiescence. <laughs> <laughs> aforesaid acquiescence. Actually, that's actually art form. This guy would probably be, yeah, you could write poetry. It'd be kind of interesting. Some kind of like stream of consciousness <laughs> nonsense limericks. If you actually uh, take 10 steps backwards from Jackson Pollock's number five painting and you squint, those are not actually random lines and splatters. It actually yeah. makes out the message. The learned counsel cannot derive the fullest circuit from the aforesaid acquiescence given its sinew suffering partial dissipation from an imminent display occurring in the impugned pronouncement hereat where within unravelments are held qua the rendition recorded by the learned rent controller. Nice. In other words, give him back the keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think um, there was, a, there was a, a case a couple of years ago where a, a British judge used an emoji for the first time. Jesus. Mm. It was in a family law judgment and they, they wrote it so that the children could read it. And so it was real simple. Oh, and it was like, mummy, look, mummy and daddy love each other. It's just that mummy hits daddy a lot and daddy throws vases at windows. And sometimes <laughs> mummy and daddy meet in a McDonald's car park to exchange <sighs> gifts and then they have big fights and please get called. Um, smiley face emoji. That is repulsive. I mean, I think that, I mean... Emojis are a kind of Orwellian newspeak that Orwell couldn't even have. Uh, uh, let's get, let's get this right. Uh, about yeah. which Orwell couldn't have conceived, um, because I mean he he just dumbed down the language with words in in 1984. But what if he could imagine that we were just depicting meaning with pictures of like these little faces? It'd be like a nightmare that 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 even he. I feel like Orwellian is one of the most overused terms of, of, of phrase as well. I mean, how many books did this guy write? I mean, every time I, you know, I go, oh, crap, I didn't make yeah, the bathroom. Just, just wet myself. <laughs> how Orwellian. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, the dog bit the postman. How Orwellian. You're privileged to have heard a correct use of the word. So, If you haven't watched the news uh, for the last little while, I'll summarize it in uh, 10 words or less. Adani, Adani, Adani. Guy died in poor area, Adani, Adani, Adani. I was in King George Square the other day in the city and there was a man yelling in Russian at a sign. And it was a, a great spectacle. A lot of people were turning their heads as they walked past. Um, and I walked past later on a few hours later and he was still there yelling in Russian at a sign. 
Um, and so I, I broke a f- uh, quite a few Commonwealth laws and I uh, basically recorded him with my phone and sent the audio to a mate of mine who happens to speak a bit of Russian. And it turned out the man actually wasn't yelling in Russian. He was actually yelling in English um, just with a really thick accent. And he was, the sentiment that he was trying to say was that mining companies were giving more money to political parties than there were to the taxation office. Um, so hear him out. By the federal taxation office from those two rich billionaires, China Reichardt and billionaire uh, So now the Australian taxation office, they put This man had some real stamina and probably a very hoarse throat. He was quite literally for days in a row yelling at a sign. Anyway, I got a mate of mine who's who's got a place down there in um, Sherwood, right? Just moved in, having a great time. Him and his girlfriend have a dog. Yeah, they've moved in together for the first time. It's very exciting. And they have a dog. And he was just a beautiful dog. Like an absolutely stunning dog. I can't describe with you, with English language words, just how beautiful this dog is. Which means I have to use Spanish. Bonita. Cane bonita. Um, and there was an, uh, they eventually received a letter in their mailbox saying your dog is so beautiful and we'd love to play with him love from dennis margaret and susie and our mate read this and he quite rightfully supposed that this was a letter written by three children you know the handwriting was a bit messy i think it wasn't in crayons or anything but it was oh that's cute three kids and it said oh we're from this house you know get the address so they put a letter back in that house and I think they went over to visit. And they said, hi, we're here to see Dennis, Margaret and Susie. <laughs> and there was a grown man there with um, a wife and no kids and a, and a dog named Susie. And they said, oh, it's great to meet you. We just love your dog. And they started vigorously patting the dog and picked him up and swung him around. They just loved him. And they said, oh, we need to we need to go for dog walks together and have dog play dates and, and go to the dog park. Oh, we're going to have so much fun together. And so our mate goes back to his house with his girlfriend. They go, we need to not see those people ever again. And so they did their best to do that. But then they would be awoken in the middle of the night to a rattling sound. And they'd look out their window and he'd be at the at the fence trying to call the dog over to pat the dog and and they were starting to get a little bit perturbed until one day this behavior escalated to the point where the man was in the middle of the night trying to break into their yard they came along and they said look mate what are you trying to do and this guy was freaking out and he said look my wife is crying The only thing that will stop her crying is if you give me your dog. Give me your dog. And my my mate was like, you know, you're not not having the dog, mate. I said, no, it'll solve all my problems. Just give me the dog. Give me the the dog. And he said, look, mate, if you don't leave, I'm going to call the police. And this guy refused to leave. And so the police showed up. 
and they took him away. They took him away. And the, he didn't see him for weeks. And then um, eventually he came back and it was a bit like um, One Flew of the Cookie's Nest. Like he must have been like lobotomized or something because he, he just walks around and he hasn't even, he hasn't talked or looked at anyone anymore. So it's quite strange actually. But um, No one took the dog, you'll be happy to hear. Uh, so I was reading a book. This was a book about dating. It's called Marry Him, The Case for Settling for Mr. Good Enough. That's right, not Mr. Perfect, not Mr. Right, Mr. Good Enough. This is actually a book in, in, with an intended audience of females. I decided to read it to get inside the mind of my opposition. And basically the, what the book is trying to say, and, and the, the title is a bit of a misnomer. It's about how women can just be a little bit too fussy. And I think men are at times guilty of this as well. A bit too over-analytical, a bit too over-critical of, of men. And sometimes even the most beautiful and uh, by all by all accounts, uh, you know, 10 out of 10 women can end up incredibly lonely. Um, like I'll, I'll, I'll exhibit A, Cameron Diaz, exhibit B, Jennifer Aniston, women who you know, were, were what we call in inverted commas dream women who just couldn't get it together. Now, uh, it, people sometimes have this far too idealistic vision of their their intended partner, but even these people like Hugh Grant, you know, Brad Pitt that, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, Hugh Grant in, his, in, in the, the way he could just stutter he, like, he didn't actually speak, he just stuttered. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, and, you know, he was a, a, a charmer, but even he cheated on his wife, Liz Hurley, with a prostitute. You know, this is not... Uh, you know, this this person who uh, people thought was perfect, it just goes to show that no one's perfect, right? And so if you keep thinking you, there's a perfect partner out there for you, what you'll actually do is never get a partner. So that's what this book is trying to encourage people, just to settle down when you find someone that isn't that bad. So what they say is write down a list of all the attributes that you think your partner should have. And it, sh- it might, depends how picky you are, um, if you're one of those people who just loiters around you know, bars and nightclubs at 3am um, having your first drink, maybe the calibre of your potential suitor is not that important but uh for some they're quite picky and so if you write down all the attributes that they have to oh you know they have to be spontaneous but not crazy they have to be smart but not arrogant you know the it starts to become uh, it gets to the point where the person you're describing is about one in every 10 million people and that one in every 10 million person is the kind of person that 999,999 out of a million want. So there's a problem. Um, so I'm not saying you don't deserve this person. This is saying now that person who is so in demand, they're one of those people that can't settle down. They're you, Jennifer Anderson. They're you, Cameron Diaz. There's a big paradox. So when you find someone who's just a solid person, then maybe you settle down with them. And a great example of this was the other day we were at the Caxton Hotel and um, a friend's a friend's friend rolled up with her boyfriend. This girl was stunning. She was a lawyer. She was an absolute catch. And this dude there, it was the kind of guy where you go, 
hey man is this like your sister um but he was her boyfriend and and we refused to believe it i i, I said hey mate can you just confirm that 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 is a fact because if they are if they are actually dating it was like this if, if they're actually dating i will soar off my left foot in front of all these people in fact i'll i'll chew it off right now with my teeth um we'll be here for hours probably plus close pick me up at three um uh and so basically th- this this guy he 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 didn't he wasn't drinking he was wearing daggy clothes he was by all means not attractive um he was one of those people where it's like, what are you doing for work? And he went on this 45-minute spiel about this startup he was involved in. He was one of these people. These people do not have attractive, let alone attractive and smart girlfriends. But my friend said, look, she's actually quite um, quite happy because he's, she's had other guys in the past who haven't treated her right. And she just wants a guy who's going to be by her side and, and just be solid. And... This guy's liked her for a long time, and that's her guy. I said, wow. Then uh, about two weeks later, I said, how about that friend of yours or that boyfriend? And she was like, yeah, they're not daddy anymore. She broke up with him. He was boring. Um, So there's another example of, you know, she needed to read the book because now she might embark on a long and lonely existence, and um, but not quite as lonely and long as that bloke who will never, ever have a girl as hot and as smart as that ever again. Um, but there is always heroin to make you forget about all your problems, um, at least until the heroin wears off. And then you have to um, deal with, uh, do I deal with my real life problem or do I just keep doing heroin to mask all my other problems in the rest of my life? Ooh, I will take... Um, Ooh, time for a song. No. So anyway, so I decided that I would follow the instructions of this book and I would write down, because it goes on to say that what you should actually do is have five non-negotiables. You know, things that no matter what, a partner has to have these these qualities. For example, you know, they have to have all their limbs or they have to have at least two limbs or, you know, they have to not have hair lice. Five non-negotiables. And then you can make a list of things that you, you would like them to have, but you can't have all those things, those other things, but you can have your five. So I decided I would write down the five non-negotiable things that I need, but I only needed two. Hot and rich. I was at the club the other night and I saw a lady from work. I said, how are you going? She said, how are you going? I said... <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, uh-huh. And I was like, yep. And this bloke comes along and they have a bit of a dance and he becomes a bit infatuated. And I think she's left by this point, but he comes up to me. He goes, who was that mate of yours? And I said, well, we'll give her a name here. It's not her real name. We'll say, because it was a common female name. That's, a, that's very important to this story. It was a very common female name. I'll say, oh, that was Laura. He goes, oh, where'd she go? I don't know, mate. Uh, it's pretty late. Maybe she's going home. He goes, oh, no, I really liked her. I said, did you add her on Facebook or anything? No, I didn't get around to it. She just left. I said, mate, well, hear about this. I work with Laura. So what I can do for you, sir, free of charge, I can write down right here in my notes on my phone, I can write down your number and your name. How does that sound, mate? And he said, that sounds pretty good, mate. 
And so I got my Dana's name, my Dana's number. And then at work, um, the next week, I remembered about Wednesday. And I said, oh, God, that dude is probably just waiting for a message from Laura. Oh, God, I hope he's not, you know, got one arm on the story bridge going, Laura doesn't love me. But I messaged him. No, I messaged uh, Laura. I said, look, I have a potential suitor here for you. He was very sad that you disappeared on Saturday night. Here is his name. Here is his number. She comes over and says to me, Harry, this mate of yours found me on Facebook with no mutual friends and he only had my first name. And I said, first of all, I don't know this bloke from a bar of soap. Literally, sometimes I'm in the shower washing my armpits and crotch and I stop and stare at what's in my hand at the bar of soap and I say, mate, how'd it go with Laura? Did you find her in the end? Um, So look, I don't know this bloke from a bar of soap. Uh, He's not my mate. And he what? He tracked you down on Facebook with only a first name and you didn't even have any mutual friends. That means he has quite literally spent four days sorting through, sifting methodically through every Laura in southeast Queensland here. He found you. And did you accept his friend request? No! <laughs> Angie didn't even add him. <laughs> anyway, guys, I'm so happy you joined me tonight. I've had such a fantastic time listening to myself speak and reading some of the text messages in that have come through tonight. Um, one punter, he said, Hi, pull your head in, sport. Thanks for all, all the texts in. Um, this is a... It's time to play some music. This is a song called Anyway, Anyway. It's from the fantastic new album by Sunbeam Sound Machine called Goodness Gracious. Now, as you can do one thing this week, just one thing, that is vote liberal. Oh, wait, that was last week. Sorry. If you can do just one thing this week, Go out and buy the new Sunbeam Sound Machine album. It's called Goodness Gracious. Now, I own a 35% equity stake in all profits that Sunbeam Sound Machine, Proprietary Limited, yes, they are a company limited by shares, and I, they are also a band. Not many people know this. Now, I have a 35% equity stake in that company. Now, I want you to go out and buy that record so I can sell my shares in the stock market and then buy more bands. I want to own every band in Queensland. Anyway, this is the song. Thanks for coming, guys. This has been a candidate band on Fortunable Z. See you next week, 11 p.m. on Tuesday. Anyone seen my asthma puffer? People saying a lot of things about the economy. All oh, these people will ruin the economy. These people do a really good job with the economy, whatever that means. We don't know what it means. But all we know is that when there's a good economy, you know. But you start seeing these clubs spring up and they say, look, if you're wearing a yellow shirt, you don't get in this club. Or it'll be something like, I remember when I first came to uh, Brisbane, people said, oh, there's this is really exclusive um, club called Birdies. And if you wear a branded shirt, like if you've got like a Ralph Lauren symbol on there, or you have a Nike symbol on your shirt, you will not get into birdies. It's a no brand club. Simple as that. You could rock up with 10 hot girls, 
um, and be wearing Nike branded socks. The bouncer says, lift up your jeans, let's see them. All right, sorry, sir, you and the girls out. Um, do you think that's going to happen? So for the first couple of weeks, I think they were a little bit like, oh, mate, is that a Mambo shirt? Sorry, no Mambos, you're out. And then, um, you know, after a couple of weeks of sort of mopping up at 7 p.m. and closing up, they said, maybe we should just let everyone in. And that's when you know the economy is not so great is because you can get into every single club for... Oh, God! Came out of nowhere. Anyway, yeah, this is I Don't Want to Know by Green Buffett.